Greetings. Welcome to Space Court. I know you have some knowledge and information on archetypes, and this is certainly something I have very limited knowledge and understanding of. So, yeah, you, you probably have way more knowledge than you know because mm. <laughs> the archetypes are just they're in the collective unconscious. So, we're dealing with them all the time, mm. even if we don't have a name for them. And the ones that I use are what most people would recognize as the astrological signs. It's just another name for it, but it's also I find it's another interpretation of it. Space Chord, Space Chord. Space Chord. We invite you to join us on this voyage of discovery of the Libra archetype. Like if you call something a sign, it sounds kind of really fixed, like you're this, mm-hmm. and this is the list of behaviors you're going to have if you were this sign. But if you consider it an archetype, then it's something that's living and breathing. It's something that's always existed and that we, you know, if you have a certain archetype, you are contributing to that archetype as you live and breathe. You're bringing it closer to its essence. This is also something I learned through Shemotic Astrology is that there's content and essence to archetypes. We would like to introduce you to Fresh Start Astrologer, Kate Rusko, Virgo Sun, Gemini Moon, Pisces Rising. The essence is something pure. So there are 12 pure essences of archetypes in the astrological wheel. And they describe all the different behaviors, tendencies, whatever possible. Mm. And then we have content that expresses itself throughout time. And so we experience the content and we also create it, right? And then we expand it. Wow. I love that. I love all that you just said. And that allows for a lot more kind of like flexibility with regards to identifying with, you know, said zodiac sign or whatever terminology is used. We would like to introduce you to astrology student, Rachel Villiverde, Cancer Sun, Cancer Moon, Gemini Rising. It also makes it really personal, like this idea that mm-hmm. I am a part and contributing and providing content to this greater collective, like living, mm-hmm. living organism. Like that to me sounds right. It feels right. It really resonates. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We're, and we're, and we're, we're seeing that happen, right? Like we're, we're actually, we're seeing the archetypes shifting. Also, are we getting to the higher vibration of that archetype or are we bringing it back down again? Like, what are we doing with this archetype? It's like stepping into a field, field of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And so each field has its own questions, its own areas of exploration, its areas of adventure. So it's like, yeah, it's this active participation in this field of inquiry. And you get to, you know, throughout your lifetime, see how this archetype, and we all have several archetypes, you know, very active in our lives. We get to see how they play out. It's pretty cool. So when you say we have several archetypes, how do you find out what archetypes you Um, are or how do you identify? Yeah, I focus on the inner planets. So the sun, the moon, 
Venus, Mars, and Mercury, because those are fast moving planets. I don't look to the outer planets. So Saturn, Jupiter, Pluto, Neptune, Uranus, because those move extremely slowly. Mm -hmm. So if you're born with Saturn in something, it will have been in that sign for years, you know, and Pluto even longer, and Neptune Mm -hmm. even longer. So it's not really particular to you. So I draw it down to the inner planets, which means you can have all those inner planets in in one sign, or Mm -hmm. I think it covers, you know, five different signs, right? And then I also look at the ascendant, so you can add that in as well. So the Mm -hmm. sixth one. Okay. And I concentrate on those. I think you can just reduce the chart to that and have so much material to work with. Like it's Mm -hmm. all you need. Like in some ways, just wow, you could actually even take one archetype and really like dig deep into that. So to simplify, I mean, if you want to be really simple, you could look at the archetype your moon's in, archetype your sun's in, and then I would also look at the ascendant. Those for me are just the primary ones. Mm-hmm. Ascendant's not a planet. The sun, is that no. considered a planet? No. but the- Yeah, yeah, the sun, yeah, yeah. It's considered okay. a planet in the chart, yeah. So yeah, the ascendant is on the archetype that was on the horizon as you're born. So it right. kind of locates you on planet Earth. Gotcha. I have a sun and moon in Cancer, and then I have a ascendant in Gemini. That would affect the archetype differently as a result of those things. Is that? Yeah, it's it's like the archetypes at a different part of your story. That's the way I look at it. So you mm. have a story, and so there's a different place that it's at, and there's a different flavor. It's the same. It's just a bit different. And the archetype of the moon for me is the most important mm. because that to me sets the stage for what you really want to bring into being into your life. Mm. So, so it's always sort of in the background. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the archetype of your son is something that people will see you as, and you'll be able to shine as that. Mm. And the ascendant is, for me, it's inner work. So there are variations on how the archetype will express itself. Mm-hmm. But the essence is like, it doesn't necessarily change, you know, it doesn't change the archetype itself. You know, it's still mm-hmm. pretty much pure in mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it comes in at maybe at different times also of your life. Your ascendant to me is something that, because it's on the horizon, it's very hard to see. It's like when the Europeans came to North America and the indigenous cultures couldn't recognize the ships on the horizon because they'd never seen that. That to me is the experience of the ascendant. So it can take a while to kind of recognize it. So it's something that an archetype that may not be present in your life until you're older Mm. or have had more experience and will likely also, you know, shift its weight in your life will shift. Mm. Um, But like the moon is always there. It's just present from the time you're, you're born. It's always guiding you Mm. forward to me. One of the main things about this conversation that I invited you here for is to talk about the Libra archetype. Yeah, yeah. To the uh, van engine starting yes. <laughs> <laughs> That was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Off we go. <laughs> so, yeah, no time like the present. Um, yeah. So Libra is the archetype for me, of exquisite relating. That's how I call it. It's the archetype that wants to uh, experience sort of the higher states of relationship. Mm. And it's about harmony. How do I create harmony? When you step into that field, you have to ask yourself, okay, is harmony amongst people there? 
or do I have to create it? Mm. And so someone with the archetype of Libra, you know, especially when it's prominent, will have a lifetime of relationships. Relationships will be super prominent for them because it's the area that holds a lot of juice. Mm. And they're going to learn a lot from how they relate to people, what kind of people they relate to, what sort of contracts are made between them and others. The first thing that does come to mind is how we relate to people. But is yeah. this archetype also in relationship to nature, in relationship no. to... Pos- no, okay. it's specifically, yeah, specifically to people. Mm, okay. Like it's not, yeah, it's not your cat or your dog. It's other humans. Because Libra has to do with the mirror. It's a, it's a mirroring archetype. So mm. Libra wants to be seen as she is and mirrored back. So you need another human to do that, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like really, so it, it is about engaging in personal relationships again and again and again. A Libra archetype you know, has this dream that relationships will be founded on like the highest kind of principles. Like if you have a Libra moon, you're going to expect that people will treat you fairly that you will have a voice in conversations, you know, that no one's mm. going to be above you or below you, that you're all equal mm. and that people will operate out of principles. That's, you know, obviously not going to prove to be the case. Rough to have a Libra movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it can be a real like, wow, knock mm. in the face. Like, oh, that's not the way things are. And people aren't as principled as I am. Or they don't value relationships in the same way that I expect, you know, contracts to be valued. Mm. So yeah, there is a learning process for the Libra moon in order how to create that. So Libra moons can get caught up, you know, really wanting that harmony. Like, Mm. you know, it can happen with any, any planet in Libra wanting to create a harmony, but creating it like falsely. Like, you know what, I'm actually not going to say what I think because it would rock the boat. And Mm. I'd rather just have this feeling Mm -hmm. that we're all kind of getting along, even though underneath there's some sort of seething resentment Mm. (laughs) or something. Mm -mm -mm. Uh, So Libra has to really learn how to create what is true harmony. What does it really look like? And, And to also understand that sometimes things that are, let's say, coarse or maybe vulgar or maybe ugly, have a place as well. You know what I mean? Like, because someone maybe is rude to you, it doesn't mean that underlying that there are not some other principles going on. What's the truth of sort Mm. of honest relating and truthful relating? And listening, it was all about listening. How can I listen to another and, and then be listened to in return? Have someone really hear me. And and something super fascinating about Libra is that it is the archetype out of which uh, came arranged marriages. Okay. And so on the one hand, you might think arranged marriage, like how do you have, you know, how is that a relationship? Because I think in our modern way of thinking, we think, oh, I have to go out there and find the person I love that I'm properly matched with. And that's love. But when you think about it, an arranged marriage, two people who are put in arranged marriage, if you agree to that contract and you agree to do the work and you are given someone completely random and you learn to love them and to honor them and you develop this fantastic relationship with them, well, then you are a relationship master. Yeah. And really accept that sacred contract with someone, regardless of whether I think I like them 
Do you know what I mean? Like, are they my choice, whatever? But how do I sit with this person? How do I create this relationship with someone? Because that potential is always there. What a beautiful gift that the archetype of Libra presents to us. Because just as you're saying, I mean, I feel like this is such an opportunity to utilize those qualities of the archetype as a way to, again, relate to everyone, but kind of in this unconditional space. So as you're saying, with these arranged marriages, it's like, okay, so how do we create harmony with this? I mean, it's the same thing, be it your neighbor or be it the person that you're working with, your coworker that you don't get along with. Like there is some contract, there is some arrangement here. And how can you listen better? How can you communicate better to get to a space of understanding and cooperation to have harmony in your work environment, in your neighborhood, in your, you know, household? Hmm. Yeah. As far as some people who have Libra. I like to play a game with myself where I just randomly look up charts. I think, oh, who would, who would have this archetype? Mm. And, and like, I really, like everyone I thought of had it except for one person. Awesome. So the first person I thought of was the Dalai Lama mm. and he has Mars in Libra. Mm-hmm. And you can see in his lifetime having to Oh, like talk about being faced with different principles, right? Mm. How do I create a harmonious relationship with another country <laughs> that doesn't even <laughs> recognize me, you know, mm. and, and trying to dig deep for where is the harmony here? <laughs> you know? Where's yeah. the equilibrium and how can I create that within myself and out there in the world? And he's still, you know, he's still working at that. And he's such a, he's such a model, just holding space for the fact that those principles exist. So with regards to Mars and what it represents, mm-hmm. yeah. how does that play out? I'm sort of switching my ideas about Mars. I see it as a guide to the sun, actually. Mm-hmm. It is an archetypally masculine planet. And so it gives sort of a, a, like a direction, it sort of speaks into the ear of your sun and kind of gives it a real direction to go forward. Uh, kind of like a council member or something. Yeah. It's like the advisor of like, yes. hey, sun... This, yes. This, this. Okay. It's, it's you know, action oriented. Mm. You could, yeah. Like to use the word as a sword is a bit, well, you could see it that way, like a sword of truth. Okay. Mm. Like mm-hmm. what that could be interpreted. And three men that I looked up had Mars and Libra. Okay. So the Dalai Lama, Nelson Mandela and mm. Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. So three men with this sense of, I want to see how I can create this sense of equality mm. in the world like mm. between people. Can I actually manifest this? And they all have d- very, well, I'm looking at their charts right now. I mean, some overlap in other other archetypes, but mm. this is the one that's like, where is the harmony? Mm. Where is the balance? And I'm going to keep sort of forging forward with this mm-hmm. in my life. It's going to be a real theme, constant, theme for yeah. me. And constant kind of in an outwardly kind of way, not, in, yeah. not necessarily inner, but really that's my direction. And I'm going to keep working at that steadily. Another person who has Mars in Libra and also a moon in Libra is Malala, the young Pakistani girl who was shot by the Mm. Taliban, right, for wanting to educate women. So the way I read the chart, she came in with this dream of, you know, how do I create these, you know, this exquisite relating, like these, how do I live by these higher principles between people? And obviously Mm. it was not, (laughs) that was not to be the case for her. Mm. And she's got this Mars and Libra, so just like driving her forward, like I am going to create this. I mean, she's the the youngest Mm. recipient of the Nobel Peace Prize. It's an interesting thing. 
they all have a sun in, in cancer, which is an, a nurturing archetype. But I think that Libra adds to it by saying, okay, like we need like equality amongst people. Cancer can be quite focused on its own community, but mm. Libra is like everywhere. Like this needs to happen <laughs> for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I, I resonate with this. Well, I resonate okay. with this because it's hard to not always try and bring it to the self, you know? <laughs> like Yeah, no, please do. You know what? It's actually best to bring it to the self because then you can really go deep with it. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. resonates just when you were saying like Libra and Mars and, you know, you're bringing up these extremely prominent and powerful <laughs> figures that are like fighters for the harmony fighters for the peace you know but they're yeah. fighting oh yeah and you have it too sorry I had, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I have Mars and cancer and I'm thinking like wow yeah no that I totally I totally have this like justice element in this fighter but it's I always come back to this kind of mantra that I've come up with years ago which is like don't respond to something I don't believe in with something I don't believe in so mm. if you know, someone's coming at me aggressively I don't believe in that action. And so why would I respond with something I don't believe? Like, why would I respond yes. with aggression? So I've, yes. I've, I've been in this awareness and this consciousness of reaction response to situations that I don't, I don't believe in. You know, I don't, I don't subscribe to displays of aggression and basically anything going against understanding and harmony, you know, is, the, the, yeah. is kind of the bottom line because I do have this strong desire to be in that space of creating harmony within myself. Like inner peace is a, is a huge component of the current community that I'm building. And so much of that is no one is going to come to this property and experience that if we are not living it. And it's not right. we, like collectively, we have to individually do that to create the collective. I walk my neighborhood every morning at a certain time just to be able to wave to cars to really begin seeding in my immediate community, my immediate neighborhood with the belief that it ripples outward. You know, like I, right. I definitely believe I'm having effects in Tibet as a result of me walking <laughs> out. You know, like there's this grandeur and this element of like, no, these choices and these efforts that I make towards peace are the only way that it's going to be reflected in my external world and literally in the world outside of me. So I couldn't you know. agree more. It's all about the inner work, actually. Mm. The illusion is that we do it on the outside, but it can only happen on the inside. If everyone on the planet took five minutes a day to work on inner peace, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know, wow, we discount that effect, but I, I totally agree. Mm. I mean, there are, there, you know, there are sages who live their lives in some mountain cave and all they do is hold space for the rest mm. of us, you know, mm. and I, 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 I'm very grateful to them because I do think they have a huge impact on our planet. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that also just kind of echoes what you were saying about the, the collective archetype and how those those in the cave are, in fact, like fulfilling their role and their part, yeah. whatever their yes. planetary positions are. It's definitely a contribution, you know, like yeah. we all yeah. have our callings, you know, I definitely do yeah. not feel called to be in a cave, but... I could. I definitely have. I definitely have comfort and like a space of like deep resonance of like, oh yeah, I could totally just live in the mountains and never talk to anybody again, and like do my personal work with the trees. And I think that might be easier, you know. Um. <laughs> yeah, but then there's that Mars and Libra that's calling you out, going, no, no, actually, I need to be with people. Yeah. So even though you're your primary work is within, you are doing it to create this space for others, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And that's really important for you. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I can see that really strongly in your chart. And I think you express that really beautifully because you also have, you have Saturn and Pluto with your 
Mars. So there's, mm. it's, it's a huge archetype for you, Libra, because these outer planets are there really emphasizing it and yeah, making it something even stronger for mm. you. Yeah, I definitely do have that discipline and like motivation, but it, I mean, it is, it's such a devotion to this cause mm-hmm. of, yeah. of harmony and peace, you know, and, but as a result of it on the shadow side, I'm definitely finding myself working with a lot of those people pleasing qualities of the archetype, which um, <laughs> is, it's right. really hard to get to a space of accepting really those parts of myself. You know, I think so much of the people pleasing element has to do with me not feeling whole and complete in myself and being afraid that in fact others won't accept me as I am but it really just has to do with me not accepting those parts because no one else can accept that if I don't you know so I could also relate that to codependency right which Mm. is which is something that we're we're being asked to outgrow now on planet earth it's time to mm. outgrow codependency so all this work happens simultaneously right and as you release yourself from codependency, which is worrying that I won't be accepted and I'll be shunned, um, then, you know, the other archetypes go, Ooh, great. I have like more of a say now. Mm. You're on the front lines of the work that's being done now. You know, Mm -hmm. we all are like, I see in my own life. uh, I see it in my clients' lives. It's really time to let go of that, you know, (laughs) and, 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 you know, be, be as we are. Mm, right? Mm-hmm. Like to be able just to look at someone else and say, wow, I see you. Yeah. I see who you are and I don't have to judge you mm. and I don't have to make you right or wrong. I can just say, wow, there you are. But my survival doesn't depend on me liking you or mm-hmm. you liking me. Mm-hmm. Like we're all good. We're yeah. all already accepted by some greater power. I have Mercury in Libra. So the way that I think and the way that I cognize and organize reality mm-hmm. is in the archetype of Libra. And I have Jupiter that's like exactly next to it. So it's just like, <laughs> yeah, expanding yeah. on that. So, and I have Uranus also like not too far away. But so what happens with me is I'm always trying to hear everyone's point of view, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And then I go, who am I? What do I think? I have no <laughs> idea, <laughs> you know? So I have, you know, I'm, I'm super curious about all sorts of different positions on things. And I will always read about it. And I have to just be careful at a certain point to bring the polarity Aries in and go, okay, no, this is my direction. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I actually have a direction. Um, otherwise I can spend oh, just too much time waffling. Do mm-hmm. I like this? Do I not? I'm not sure. I don't know. Like, I, you know, and I think there, it just gets to a certain point where you have to say, okay, this is what it is and it's okay. But I love to talk to people. I love to listen to people. You know, I find I do a lot of listening. That's how it comes across for me. It's, it's a good part of my chart because some other parts of my charts don't listen to others <laughs> at all. <laughs> some yeah. archetypes are like, no, it's all about me. So. <laughs> so we've talked about the moon in Libra. We've talked about Mars in Libra yeah. and Mercury in Libra. Yeah. How yeah. about Venus in Libra? How might that play out in the archetype? It's the archetype or the part of ourselves that we have to learn more surrender. So it's more yin. Mm, mm-hmm. So with Libra, it would be an inner process, but someone with the Venus and Libra is looking to, again, to explore relationships, just like mm-hmm. Mars is. Venus as a planet, she's so fascinating because she does this incredible journey with this underworld aspect that has to do with really is surrender. 
So wherever that's in your chart, Venus is a place where you're going to have to learn surrender. For Libra, it'd be surrendering into what is the relationship, except and find the beauty that's already in there, surrender into that beauty. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm. And then we haven't talked about the sun. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to say next. You're reading my mind. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about the suns in Libra? So, suns in Libra is someone like Gandhi. Sun and Libra. Wow. So, mm-hmm. you know, the sun like is how you're seen. It's what shines out. It's a place where you as a person can find you're very resourceful. Sun and Libra will be someone who does seem to other people, someone who embodies the sense of principle. And someone else who has Sun Libra is Kamala Harris, right? Who's, mm. who's on the Democratic ticket now. You know, someone who embodies, let's say, the counselor, you know, mm-hmm. the archetype of the, you know, the counselor, someone who can listen to all and can mediate between people mm. again and see the balance in things. So the Sun Libra really shines out that essence of Libra. And then for me, the ascendant Libra is about the, you know, really focusing on the inner work, like someone who has it on their ascendant. When they get to that stage where within themselves, they find this balance and they learn to actually talk to themselves and listen to themselves, then like their life becomes very prosperous and they feel really, really fulfilled because they've Mm. made that space within themselves. But it doesn't have to actually extend outwards. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're not going to go create the community like you were talking about, but they need mm-hmm. to create that environment within mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. During this time, are there things that we can like draw on or how can the knowledge of the Libra archetype be useful? Okay. So maybe we can contextualize it by saying that Libra season starts around the September equinox. Mm-hmm. Right? So yes. it's a time when we have equal day, equal night. So we have this experience, physical, material experience of equality. Mm. Oh, and then we go, wow, that's pretty cool. Equal day. And then we experience like the, you know, the moving away from equality. So we get to the extremes only to come back to it. So it's mm. really good to, to think about these seasons like that when we get off, we're just moving off in order to come back to balance. Mm. And I mean, depending where you are at in the world, in, in the Northern Hemisphere, it's a time of harvest, like we're harvesting what we've created. Mm. Um, and so I think tapping into the beauty of, of that, what have you harvested in your relationships? What is coming up now? And that time of year, I guess I have to say in the Northern Hemisphere, when it's, you know, it's really a social time. Kids are back in school. Like there's a real sense of like, an, like a renewal after mm. the summer. And so mm-hmm. like, how are you creating this balance in your relationships, whether it's intimate relationships or friendships or work relationships? Like how am I dealing with the bounty of what I have? Well, especially for me, so I, I live in Canada where we have such drastic season changes, mm. you know, like when you're moving into October, all of a sudden it's like, ooh, I want to stay home more, mm. <laughs> go inside more. You know, let's face it, we're going to have another lockdown. It seems mm-hmm. to be imminent. When you are in lockdown, how are you in relationship with your family? And if you're single, if you're alone, how are you in relationship with yourself? Mm. It's a time to really do some, some nice listening. Yeah. Yeah. Really work on presence. And am I giving everyone uh, around me like a voice? Mm. Am, I, am I allowing them to speak? Mm. Um, yeah. There's going to be a huge shift in energy. And mm. the more work we can do 
like the deep work, more deep, you know, inner structural integral work we can do, the better. Mm. It's, it's time for it now. So I think if the second lockdown yeah. happens, it will, it, it is to help us go even deeper and to sort some of these things out that need to be sorted. So we can create like a more Libra vibe on the planet. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we need it. Space Court, Space Court.